0: What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in. Again, this is episode two of the Think3D podcast. Probably actually going to rename this thing soon, but uh, enjoy this episode. This is part two of the conversation we started earlier this week. We started talking about some of the issues that are happening in the workplace, some of these topics that we got from our online community. Uh, So shout out to the Sioux Falls Young Professionals for that. Um, So in this one, we're tackling specifically just some questions around millennials. This is one of the ones we got. Uh, So enjoy the conversation. Hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you soon. All
1: right, today we're talking about millennials. Oh, those pesky millennials. Pesky millennials. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I am a millennial. All right, I'm a zennio, so I'm, I'm, I'm close. But that's one of the most popular conversations that we get is about millennials. Yeah. Um, people want us to come in and talk about millennials. And quite honestly, a lot of times they want us to come in and, and bash millennials and make them feel better about that piece of it. Uh, I did an article on this um, not too long ago about the idea of millennials. One of the first things that I have on there is, is stop calling them millennials. Yeah. Right? Um, I get right now it's just a reference and it's a popular reference, but a lot of times it, it comes with a negative connotation. For sure. And we always say that if you swapped out the word millennials with any other protected class, women, people of color, whatever, like you being HR inside of five minutes. 100%. <laughs> like, actually, no. <laughs> no, really. I mean, ageism, any of those type of things. If you took any other protected class and you swapped out millennials and used that same verbiage that people use comfortably, openly in many offices, yeah. uh, they would feel that way. So we want to talk about some of the things that actually um, go into uh, a leading uh, millennials. What are some of the misconceptions um, based off of some of the questions um, that we've been getting around the subject? For sure. So there
0: was a few questions
1: we got um, on this, and we got this
0: uh, in kind of a, a call out for content and answers yeah. for another piece of content that we're producing. But we just, there were so many kind of related to the same topic. We mm-hmm. yeah. wanted to kind of umbrella out and make this specific piece um, for it. So under the umbrella of millennials, uh, one of the things that I thought was really interesting was a question about leading millennials in the workplace, What do they need as far as leadership goes? Do we miss the mark? And actually, you know, I'll leave it there. I kind of want
1: to open it up and hear your thoughts on it. Then we'll refine it. Um, We do miss the mark quite a bit. I think, first of all, when you're talking about millennials, I think we have to deal with some of the misconceptions. We have to understand that um, they're not pod people. They don't come from Mars. Uh, uh, They were raised, uh, in most cases, by boomers. I was just going to ask, by who? You know. And uh, I always say, I've never seen a four-year-old give themselves a participation trophy, right? It was always an adult that gave them that. Yeah. Um, So when people operate under that, you know, assumption that these are just, you know, these kids that just popped up out of nowhere and got these crazy ideas and things of that nature, it's just not true. Uh, The other thing is understanding that um, in many cases, people's opinions about work, particularly young people's opinions about work, were informed, um, they were informed by the results of that work, which normally lies in their parents yeah. or guardians. And part of the reason why a, fi- a, a, a young person wants to leave at 5 o'clock on they dot is because they had a parent come home too tired to play catch or help them with their homework. You know, part of the reason why they want a uh, corner office in three years is because they had someone that they cared about working a job for 25 years only to get laid off and uh, not even get a gold watch at this point. Yeah. Um, and not get the promotion that they were promised and, and that they wouldn't ask for because they didn't want to look presumptuous or ungrateful. So what we find is, if we really track what work in the last 50 years has represented in people's lives, mm-hmm. it's not a really positive picture. No. It may have put your kids through college. It may have gotten you the house. It may have gotten you the car. Um, there's, not, there's not as many people who got happy through work. Yeah. Right? Well, it wasn't something that we were told to expect exactly. for years. Exactly. And that's the big difference is that, you know, older generations um, were just in a space where they weren't taught to expect these things. And so they don't and so they didn't. Um, when you're talking about people who are coming from uh, post-depression era and those type of things where you truly were lucky to have a job. Yeah. That's all you wanted was a job and to get the money and you would do whatever you needed to do to do that. Um, times have a change. And yeah. so it's a different circumstance. So people want and expect more. And that's a healthy thing. That's a good thing. Because there's nothing that millennials want, for the most part, that older people don't want. They just don't expect it.
0: Yeah, that's, and that's the distinction we've made in conversation before. Is like, they don't ask for it. Right. Because it was never something that the, the expectation wasn't there, that you would get that out of your work. Right. Um, so kind of a follow-up to that, and I think this is an important question to ask, is how do... How do we lead millennials? Is it different than any other generation or is good leadership and good leadership practices transferable across multiple generations?
1: Well, one of the other things that you'll find in a uh, a millennial article, and we'll actually go and link to that just so you guys can see that. But one of the other things is that they're not a monolith. and, And that's one of the primary mistakes that people make is that they treat millennials as if they're monolithic, as if they all think the same, motivated by the same things or want the same things. True leadership is adaptive. Yeah, is it not about being able to lead men or being able to lead women or people of color or young people or older people or whatever? Uh, leadership is is dynamic and mm-hmm. moves and, and uh, it ebbs and it flows, and so it's meant to be catered to the individual that you're leading at that particular time. Yeah. Um, now, sometimes we can share characteristics because there's certain things that are part of our culture geographically. And there are certain things that we share generationally. Yeah. Um, right. Are you more likely to be uh, savvy with technology when you're younger? Yeah. 100%. That's going to be a consistent element. There's nothing wrong in thinking about that. I think the idea, though, of thinking that you treat everyone the same, it's not the case. You have some millennials um, who are no to the grindstone, just want to work. You have some yeah. that are, you know, they, they want to be out and see the world and don't want to be yeah. tied down and want that flexibility. but. But the key is that they're not all the same. And you got to have the skills as a leader to be able to deal with whoever you come across. Yeah. Awesome. Uh,
0: another, another question that we got kind of under this topic of millennials, and I think it kind of goes, goes directly into it. Um, let's talk about fun at work and some of the misconceptions and stereotypes that we get. Because we talk to a lot of people about mm-hmm. culture. Yeah. And a lot of people always assume, well, culture, that's just a millennial thing. Right. Like, like millennials, just they just want to have fun. They don't want to work happy hour, pizza parties, cool office games, pool and ping-pong tables, right, so a couple, there's a couple of questions in this, having fun at work, being part of like forced fun, or as they say, or like some other activities as, a, as an entire group, how does that fit into kind of a workplace's culture, and how, does, how has the rise of some of those activities benefited or harmed millennials and maybe workplace cultures?
1: Um, there's some distinctions to be made in that, but but, but generally um, the issue is more about it being lazy. And a, that the pool table or the ping pong table or the sleep pod or the slide or whatever is the culture. It's not the culture. Um, it's not even necessarily a representation of culture anymore yeah. at this point. It's a thing. Um, can it be a good thing? Well, yeah, if it means that you are listening to mm-hmm. your audience and these yeah. are things that they want to use for their t- free time, right? And are you making way for that person to have healthy time to engage with those things? For sure. Do you is it a pool table that no one gets to use? Or a pinball table because they have to be at their you know, they have to be at the desk all the time? Do they feel comfortable using it? Does it help them relieve stress? Mm-hmm. Or does it help them disconnect so that they can get back into the job and be better? What is the purpose? Is it purposeful? Is it actually doing something? Is it accomplishing what you're accomplishing? And
0: I think the missing ingredient in there for a lot of those things, because you have mentioned they are just the thing, right? They're just the thing. Um, is intention.
1: Right. That's because what it's about.
0: The, the objects themselves. So the pizza parties, the fun, right? Right. The pool tables, the the sleep pods, which I think are an amazing idea, by the way. Um, yeah, we're, it's, we're looking into that. <laughs> looking at, it's, not, it's not about that. It's about how are they structured intentionally into...
1: What you want to represent, or yeah. what you want to produce? What's happening? What are we doing? Yeah, well, there, there was there was one uh, CEO of of a local company who I think is great, and uh, this person was talking about how they removed the free snacks and stuff out of the office, and they were really nervous about it because like that's the culture thing, right? You got to have free snacks, but what they found out was is that they had so many people in the office that were trying to lose weight and were on diet goals, that having that there was something that was a yep. distraction and detrimental to the goals that all of them had. So in that office, that didn't make sense yeah. for them. And that's the important thing. The other thing is, as you mentioned, fourth fun, which is, that one is nuanced, right? And so it is. So when you talk about forced fun, obviously you can't force people to have fun. You can't necessarily force people um, um, to play games or anything like that. But there is something to be said for participation. There is something right. to be said for engagement. Um, Forcing the people to have fun is unnatural. It doesn't really create camaraderie, and it can develop resentment. At the same time, um, we can have a requirement of participation for certain things, right? Um, Because social connectivity, developing relationships, is not just for the sake of it. That's also to improve your communication. That's also to create those connections so you don't get siloed, Mm -hmm. right? Because you could theoretically have... Um, uh, your whole IT department come in every day with their earbuds in and never talk to anybody. Yeah. You can have this office only to talk to this group. You can have the warehouse people only talk to the warehouse people. And, and, and it would be reasonable to say, we're not going to force you guys to interact with each other. But, yeah, we are. We're going to yeah. require participation because that communication, that relationship, that camaraderie is important to becoming a team. Yeah. And so there are certain things to have as a part of a requirement. The other thing is, is, like, for instance, we have some people, whether they volunteer or they do things in the community, and they don't feel comfortable having their people feel like they need to do that. And, yeah. and I would agree in most cases. However, in their mission statement, they say that they are active in the community. Mm-hmm. If that's in your mission statement, then that's a requirement. Yeah. Otherwise, it can't be in your mission statement. So when you come into this culture, that needs to be explained, communicated, leveled. Yeah. This is what we do. You have to have the expectation set. Correct. Because if it's if,
0: if it's a behavior, and I think there's, that's an important nuance to make, like you'd say, if it's something that's indicative of the values, right? If it's something that's indicative of what our vision is as an organization, then maybe that's an expectation we set where people who don't enjoy that probably won't end up being a good fit, right. for
1: the culture anyways. But if you're telling me like we're having a bag tournament and yeah. I have to play, no, <laughs> that's, that's no. a different thing no that's a different thing yeah and we'll have an
0: entire other podcast dedicated to bags versus cornhole um, right a it's, it's a lot distinction. of old. I just don't like it cornhole there's only know. yeah that's that. it's get, like
1: the moist of yard games <laughs> I don't get it that was painfully accurate <laughs> um,
0: the last thing bags and lineals, and I thought this was a really interesting question a very thoughtful question we got on another Facebook comment um, how do I as a young professional or a millennial in the workforce how do I make my voice feel heard How do I gain confidence when I'm working with an older generation?
1: Yeah. Which I think is really important. That's tough, right? Because we've always been taught that your ability to have voice is tied to tenure um, or or tied to this wisdom, which most people assign to being is tied to to age. But wisdom is actually tied to experience. There's people, you could be 100 years old if you stay in your house the entire time, you don't have much wisdom to offer people. Yeah. Um, uh, You can be 20 years old, but you've been active. You've been doing things. You have a ton of wisdom in some cases. And so that's the one thing is what are your experiences? What is your engagement? What are you doing both in the job and outside of the yeah. job to improve and expand your experiences so you have wisdom to offer, number one? If you want to have voice, everyone should know that they have voice and they have a right to share their voice. Um, but it should be buoyed um, with credibility. It should be buoyed with time energy and effort that's where the respect comes from for people to listen to your opinion that said even barring all that a good idea is a good idea um whether you looked upon it whether you earned it whether you heard it from someplace else so you won't always want to create an, uh, uh, an environment to offer your ideas you want to have the courage to be able to raise your hand and offer your idea but you also have to be able to have the courage and the maturity to understand that people may not always engage with your idea, like your idea, and that sometimes they make two or three tries. What I see mostly from young people is that they're immediately discouraged when they get any pushback of any kind. And that's where you got to be prepared is to have the resilience to be able to come back and fight for that idea if you truly think it's valuable. Do you think that comes from a sense of maybe just a lack of validity,
0: if I can even say that? Like Maybe we are conflating the the merit of ideas versus our own personal value, right? And creating a culture where your value is not indicative of just your performance you're valuable as a member of the team already you're valuable there now it's there's good
1: ideas and bad ideas and that's a that's a completely different distinction that i think could benefit well we're in a country where where one of the things we hold high is is your ability to speak right you get to talk like i get to talk yeah you do yeah but that doesn't mean you're going to be listened to that doesn't mean it's going to be respected appreciated you know taken into account used any of that you're not promised any of that. You're promised that if you can muster up the courage, you have the ability to say something. And that's where it starts is, yeah. is, is encourage, having the courage to use your voice. And that no one should have the expectation that someone else is going to make way for your voice. No one is a, no it's no one's responsibility to do that. Is it a best practice for a community and for leaders to, to do that? Yeah. But it's no one's responsibility to make way for your voice. The first thing that it takes is courage, being able to say, I have something to offer. But right. the other thing is, is don't just drop it. Don't just freestyle. Put some thought in it. Put it together. Come more prepared than everybody else is prepared. And people will know that in no time flat and be able to say, Wow, that was a really thought through, mm-hmm. prepared idea. I'm interested in more of what this person has to say. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Absolutely. So Oh, that's a little taste of it.
0: Yeah, a little bit.
1: Right. We got so. lots
0: more, though. We'll probably do another couple more of these. I think there's a lot to unpack when we talk about. The generational differences in the workforce, um, age, experience. I think the experience gap is one thing that's very interesting For sure. and probably something that we can unpack to a later date. Um, we're going to drop this on a couple different platforms, so go ahead and shoot us a message, leave your comment below. Uh, if there's a topic you want to hear, if there's a question you've got specific to work and the workforce, uh, leave it below and we'd love to get it on one of these podcasts and chat about it. Otherwise, uh, I'll let Vani do the sign off and we'll see you guys soon. Yes,
1: yeah, so check it out. We're going to have. Uh, the article, um, Millennial article, tagged up in here so you guys can uh, go through and read that as well. Uh, make sure you check for us every Monday when we'll be throwing out um, an inv- uh, invitation for you guys to, to give your questions. So we want to hear them. We want to talk about them. We want to keep up the dialogue. So make sure you guys stay engaged. We appreciate you. And until next time. See ya.